0: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. You guys, I'm so excited about my new sponsor because these people are very near and dear to my heart. They've been one of my main clients, if not my main client, for like over the past 10 years. I'm talking, of course, about Twisties and they're sponsoring my podcast now and I'm so thrilled. If you didn't know, Twisties is the ultimate site for lesbian and girl-girl scenes. It explores your deepest and sexiest fantasies. I've been producing for Twisties for years, like I said, and honestly, I can say it's some of the work I have been the most proud of and the most excited to share with the world. Twisties has been creating the hottest glamour porn for over 18 years with the top names in the industry, now exclusively streaming girl-girl content. Their scenes showcase the most recognizable models working with the best fresh faces, making waves in adult entertainment. Twisty's Treat of the Months feature exclusive content and videos produced by me, highlighting the hottest girls of the moment, letting them show off what makes them so addicting. Treat of the Months have included Gina Valentina, Alina Lopez, Emily Willis, Desiree Dolce, Demi Sutra, and Twisty's current Treat of the Year, Molly Stewart. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com, or you can find them on Twitter at twisties and on Instagram at twistiesTreats. Sex toy sales are skyrocketing because people want orgasms now more than ever. And Adam and Eve is here to help you with an incredible deal to make all your sexual dreams come true. They are offering my listeners the deal of a lifetime. All you have to do is head over to adamandeve.com, pick out one item. It could be anything you desire. Not only do they have sex toys, but they also have movies, lingerie, games, and so much more. And they will give you 10 free gifts. Yes, they are literally giving away 10 sexy surprises to boost your sexual pleasure. All you have to do is type in your code HOLLY and you'll automatically get these 10 free gifts plus free shipping. That's holly at adamandeve.com. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. Today, my guest is Italian superstar Valentina Nappi. Valentina is immensely popular here in the United States, but she's definitely the most popular porn star in Italy. In fact, when I was visiting Italy last year on vacation, the minute anyone figured out what I did for a living, they always asked me if I knew Valentina. And yes, I do, of course. I've shot Valentina many times. I've always appreciated not only her incredible beauty, natural curves, and passionate performances, but also her dry wit, intelligence, and complete lack of fear to say whatever the hell she wants. So I knew I had to have her on the show someday, and today is that day. In this episode, we discuss her disdain for political correctness, her polyamorous relationship with her husband, and how they navigate an open relationship that's lasted over a decade, and how she strives to always push her boundaries in the bedroom, with common sense, of course, and a real handle on where she draws a line. So, enjoy this no-holds-barred, very honest, and open dialogue with Valentina and Abby. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, I have a guest from all the way on the other side of the globe in one of my favorite countries in the world, Italy. It is Valentina Nappi. Valentina, how are you? I'm good. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's um, getting late where you are, whereas for me, it's like it's fine. the morning. So we're mm-hmm. on like it's totally different trajectories I'm like still waking up, but um I really appreciate you coming on. I've had a lot of people ask me for you, so I'm glad I could make their dreams come true.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me.
0: It was funny, I think I told you I went to Italy I'm so glad we did this. We went to Italy October last year, and that was like our last big trip before the coronavirus hit and I feel so grateful now that we made that trip um But I I went to Italy, which I had been to before, and I brought my husband, who had never actually left like the continental United States before. Yeah, that's
1: pretty common in the United States.
0: Yeah. So it was this incredible, incredible trip. I just love your country so much. But one of the funny things, and this should come as no surprise to you, is that whenever I encountered somebody who, for some reason or another, I told them what I did for a living, they always asked about you.
1: Yeah, I'm really famous in Italy. I mean, I don't have much competition over here, so it's (laughs) it's kind of easy. And also, uh, I did a TED Talk in Italy. I used to write for... I mean, I still have the blog on economics and politics um, journal, which is called Micromega. I feel like in Europe, uh, performers have more freedom. They have more space to to speak about porn or just to you know have different ideas i've done really heavy uh provocation that's how you say provocative i've I've said really provocative things things that i i don't think i could afford to say in united states because they will probably cancel me (laughs) if if i go that far you know like in italy people are more open uh
0: I, I, f- I kind of feel like there's more freedom of speech over here than over there. Do you mean by, you don't mean by the government, right? You just mean like a cultural way.
1: Yeah. Like in you know, if you do certain things in the United States, uh, I don't know, you will lose your job or people on social media will like start to hate you so much that you will feel like you can't log in anymore. It's lovely. i feel like in Italy, i mean i had feminists and conservatives go really heavy on me but at the end you know i always win <laughs> like <laughs> i guess they'll say whatever the hell i want you know
0: it's it's almost like over there people are more open to listen to both sides of the argument rather than just being so entrenched in their own beliefs and everything that everybody else says is wrong yeah. and i think there's more vitriol. people are more open to
1: Think about, think about morality in general. Like you know, you know, I feel like in the United States, it's more or you're rather conservative or you let people do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And maybe in, in Europe, we ask a little bit more often what is right and what is wrong. So people are more flexible.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's cancel culture is definitely rife. In our society right now, and I, I feel like this really America. It's,
1: it's really United States. I don't yeah. see. I don't see in other countries go as heavy as uh, United States with uh, cancer culture, and I find it totally ridiculous.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's we're a very angry country right now. Uh, like, you
1: have to, all the, the reason to be uh, yeah. angry. <laughs> But you what? have to put the angerness, you, in, mean? you know, in the right in the right direction. Otherwise, uh, you know, you don't get anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I think a lot. I think we're a media deflects our anger. I think we're angry about the wrong things. Um, you know, the the real problems. I mean, there's so many problems that that we have, but a lot of people forget like the disparity between incomes and like the widening gap between poverty and wealth, I think is a huge problem here. And, um, that's, you know, our, our horrible healthcare system. These are all really big issues intrinsic to our, our government and, you know, things that we need to focus on basically like, honestly, things like Bernie Sanders has been saying this whole time, which is why I really wish that he had gotten the nomination for the democratic party. But, um, I guess he was too progressive, but you know, the media deflects our attention onto like, Oh, you should be angry about this and be angry about what Trump said.
1: Yeah. Be
0: angry about political correctness. And, you know, there's something to be said for, for all of those things. But I do think that a lot of times our, our our anger is is misdirected into places that aren't really going to move us forward as a country, and um, we get easily distracted by stupid shit. So
1: it's happening in Italy
0: too. Yeah, I just feel. Your, yeah, what is your climate like, especially with you know coronavirus and all of that? I saw Tara Patrick, you know, who's living in Italy, mention that. You guys your cases are going up even though um, every you know masks are still enforced and, and all of that is that no, is that true?
1: I see a, I mean I don't know if it's just in the South but I see a lot of people uh, I mean, they'll wear a mask but they will uh, do a lot of private parties and on certain occasions they will not wear a mask so that's why the cases are going up Also everybody uh, in August came in, in the south. For holidays right I mean, I mean it's for vacation and um and then you know now they're going back to their houses probably in the north and all over italy and Campania right now has one of the highest number of cases in italy mm-hmm. and they're already uh, locking up certain cities so we will see how it will end
0: <laughs> but do you feel i mean could, well, actually, you haven't been back to the U.S. since the quarantine, obviously, right? Been- I
1: were I I felt so lucky that I was able. I got in the plane. I got. I got into in the last plane directly to Italy. Really, I booked it. I booked it like six hours before. They shut and that. Down? I canceled a bunch of shoots too. I was like, I don't want to be stuck here without working. That's insane. I yeah. need to go home right now. Yeah.
0: Wow! Yeah, you got really, really
1: lucky. It Was eight hundred dollars uh, one way,
0: economy. But yeah. uh, hey, at least I did the
1: quarantine here.
0: Let's talk about let's talk about the adult industry. Um, you've been a very popular performer for a while now. Do you want to tell us how you got into the industry?
1: So i uh, I researched for like a year. I was going around to kind of sex pos that we have in Italy, but they are really bad. They're all like AVN. They're really bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a big fan of AVN expo. Yeah, but it's well done, but it's a pain in the
0: ass to go to
1: is I'm so happy. You know, are are they doing it next year?
0: No, they're doing a virtual AVN, which I have no idea how that's going to work. I like, I'm really interested to see how that, how they're going to manage that. like,
1: I mean, I'm yeah. mad at them because they never gave me a uh, foreign performer of the year anyway. And I mean, right now I have competition, but in the past, I totally deserve it. And they give it to me. So
0: if it makes you feel any better, I've never won an ABN award either. So what? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Okay,
1: then uh, fuck them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 They're one of the know. best photographers in the business. That makes Thank zero you. sense.
0: Thank you. Well, they don't have a they don't have a photography award. So oh, okay, yeah, but yeah. you are a
1: director too, and you've been a director for
0: a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of directors that are better than me. I mean, honestly, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, why would we end up talking about that? Uh, you-, you were talking about how you got into the industry and how oh, you started doing yes. different
1: So. Um, so I, I, yeah, I rock around for a while and then I decided to write an email to Rocco Sufredi. And after a while, we shot POV in Rome and then I went to his set in Budapest.
0: How is it like working with him? Because he is one of the you know most legendary male performers, and I know that he's. Oh, well, he's too much for some people, but some people really love working with him. So how was your experience?
1: I think he's too much for people now. I feel like Performers of my generation are, are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, there's a lot of girls, they do porn, but I feel like they shouldn't be in porn because mm-hmm. they're too delicate. You know, porn is not like having sex in the bedroom with your boyfriend. And it shouldn't mm-hmm. be because we are prof- we should be professionals. So I think mm-hmm. if you have too many boundaries, like you're not open to explore your sexuality, to upgrade your sexuality, to change your sexuality, I don't think you should do porn. I met I've met girls in porn that didn't want to have come in their faces, and I'm like,
0: why do you even? What's do wrong you with you? <laughs> it's not, you know,
1: I understand if some I am I don't I'm not into pain. I've never done uh i chauffeur kink only uh, all butt stuff and something else mm-hmm. light bondage. I've never done. Uh, heavily bunched thing because I'm not submissive. Uh, I'm, I don't like pain. For me, that's mm-hmm. just painful. I don't have an enjoyment out of it, so I don't. I don't shoot that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna complain for you know some light uncomfortable <laughs> positions or, or thing. things like I'll do it. And if something is new, I'll I'll be open to try it. Like yeah, sure, let's let's mm-hmm. try it. Actually, thanks to porn, I've discovered so much about my sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, when I show with Rocco, I've never looked fit. I never rimmed anyone. So it was my first time with him. And I just, it was like a dance that he just, he was just, uh, you know, like showing me how to dance. And I was learning new things about myself and about sex. Mm -hmm. Especially because, you know, how Italians men are, I, I think don't, I, mean, they're le- I, don't, I-, I realize they're less like, you know, St- when I went to United States, uh, I feel like guys are more homophobic. One time I heard a performer say that if you prefer do anal with a girl, than vaginal sex, then it's because
0: you're gay. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are very, we're quite homophobic in this country for sure.
1: And they're not really into rimming or maybe they are, but they will not do it on camera. And I'm yeah. like, okay, you don't have bidet, so that's fine. I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A bidet is something that is definitely missing in our culture. And it's funny when you when you go to European countries, almost everybody has one. And it's always hilarious. No,
1: have, the French, they invented it, but they don't have it.
0: Oh, is that true? Yeah. I haven't I been to they- France in so long.
1: I mean, I think we find, especially in this. I I find any other. All the Japanese are cleaner than us, and the Japanese countries. That's it. Then all the others are like kind of dirty. But it's like okay, I do porn. I ring people. I've licked a a prolapse, so it's it's fine. Sorry, sorry.
0: That that
1: was was like and roaches too. So you you actually what? I breed mice. Oh, okay. And um, roaches, so I can't be that germophobic, you know.
0: Yeah, but you're not. But I was really
1: germophobic when I got into porn.
0: Yeah, it it always makes me laugh when, um, I shot a girl the other day who said she was like, germophobic, and and you know it was a real problem for her, and I was kind of like, that's interesting considering what you do for a living because you're definitely exposing yourself to a lot of different bodily fluids and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, granted everybody on set is, is quite clean, but still, you know, if that's, if that's a thing, that's uh that's gotta be tough to navigate. So, um, Anyways, okay, so we totally went off subject. Okay, so you worked for Rocco. Um, you learned a lot working for him. And you tried a lot of new things, which you said you were you were very open to. And then what happened from there?
1: And then I just started to work for different companies. And then I realized that, you know, I want to come to the United States uh, because uh, over there it's different. Um, you guys should more LA produces 80% of porn worldwide.
0: Yeah. That sounds about right. I read right. the statistics, but I don't know how much is true. I think it's, I think it's true. I think a big part of it is, well, first of all, California is one of the only States besides I got to fucking make sure I have this right. I think it's Massachusetts um, where porn is technically legal. Everywhere else, it's kind of like a weird gray area. And that has to do with like the... That's the, the other thing court. in
1: Europe is kind of legal everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's actually because of the Freeman case, um, which is a whole other story. It, porn is technically legal in California where it's not so... That's It's kind of not been addressed in other states. Um, and then and also, this is obviously the production hub of the world pretty much because of Hollywood. So... We have access to you know all the camera people and locations and equipment rentals and stuff that would be very difficult to find in other places. So, but yeah, that sounds about right. Eighty percent that would make sense.
1: Okay, I thought they were two totally separated worlds. So people actually go back and forth. When yeah, it comes to cameras and equipment. Mm-hmm, okay, so yeah. they just don't say it because mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much stigma. Even a makeup artist, if she does so much for. That's so that in Italy, even if someone is against porn, they will never go after a makeup artist or don't hire a makeup artist just because she's done. Yeah. I
0: I have a couple of assistants who you've met, um, you know, who don't want to be on camera and uh, don't want to have their names associated with it. Not because they personally have a problem with it, but they also work for companies like Disney and Nickelodeon. And if they found out what you did for a living, they would not hire you. In fact, I have a girl who I shot for Playboy who was very softcore. She didn't do any open leg or anything like that. And she's been bugging me to try to get her content taken down off of Playboy Plus because she got offered like an acting, she got the possibility of getting like an acting gig for like, a, I think a kid's show. That might be on like Nickelodeon or Disney. And she won't get the job if they find out that she did Playboy. Like that's how crazy the stigma is. And I feel so bad for her because, you know, and Playboy took down her content, but like her, co- it's still out there. I mean, you know, when something's things on yeah. the internet can't get it off. And so she's probably not going to get this gig because she did some like super tasteful nudes for Playboy that I shot. And the pictures were fucking So it's beautiful. just nudes. It not even just nudes, no not even open leg, no masturbation, not even open leg, like super tame. But she still she won't get the job because she did it. Isn't I think in Italy,
1: it will be all your problem if you are a teacher and yeah. with kids.
0: Yeah, well, it is a kids show, so I think that's what it is. But again, it's just but like this is just nudesy, I know, but
1: and it's but like glamour, even,
0: yeah, it's glamour and it's nudes, it's like it just, it, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand where that, that idea comes from. Like, like you a po- glamour
1: shoots, I don't think it will be a problem. In Italy.
0: You know, if you've been a, a playboy
1: model and then you become, yeah, an actor, an actress for kids, I don't think in here it here will be a problem. Yeah. But, but if you're so- like interacting directly with kids, like, you know, you teach my, if it's glamour stuff, no, like there's no yeah. spreads. No, I don't think it would be a problem.
0: Right. Never um, heard of anything like that. It's, I know it's, it's crazy and I feel so bad for her, but there's nothing I can do. You know what I mean? Anyways. Um, wow. We, we were really going on some tangents. Okay. So <laughs> where were we? I think we're, we're both
1: a type of person that, you know, when you start talking, you totally go to another direction. <laughs>
0: That's, <laughs> oh, no, I mean, it's fine. Whatever. Again, it's my podcast. I do whatever the fuck I want. Yes. <laughs> um, Okay, so you're working for Rocco and then, oh, you came to America. That's, that's where I we left an,
1: off. Yeah,
0: I sent an email to Mark Spiegler mm.
1: and they took me in his agency. How, so how did you find out about Mark? I mean, I was a big fan of Sasha Gray before.
0: So okay. I already
1: knew he was his agent. And then Rocco told me he knew him. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, it went. I sent, just, I sent an email to him. I was like, I want to be like Bobby Starr.
0: Oh my Please god! That on. is a flashback. Yeah, Bobby I, I loved her. I mean, she's my favorite
1: al- was um, she's
0: Australian, right? I don't is know. she the Australian girl, blonde I really hair? Watch movies? No, 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 no. I'm thinking of like a different. Okay, no, no, no. I know who you're talking about now. She's got dark hair. She's a brunette.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was there's like another Bobby something that we used to shoot all the time. Who was Australian? and Had blonde hair. Anyways. No, she was were yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about now, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, um because his his name comes up in my podcast a lot, so if you've listened to my podcast before you know, but Mark Spiegler is probably the most coveted talent agent in the adult industry, and it's considered um quite an honor to be signed to his agency, and he's just like pretty much the most stand up dude in the industry he cares about his girls but in this like kind of gruff tough love manner which is nice he's incredibly honest um he's very ethical and uh he's just like you know in in a career where sometimes you get agents who aren't entirely forthcoming or who try to take advantage of the girls um or try, you know try to sleep with them uh, mark is the polar opposite of all of those things so
1: I think he, he I mean, I, I haven't met him when he was younger, so I don't know, but I think people bother him so much it became that way, <laughs> you know? I, I gave him one time a problem. I was supposed to go to a location to get makeup done and then mm-hmm. go to set. Mm-hmm. It was like really early in the morning. I was supposed to like, the call time was 11, but I had to be at the makeup place at a seven. Mm-hmm. So my mind was totally <laughs> confused I ended up being stuck in the traffic for a long time because I went to the location first. Ah, okay. That was the only, I think the only problem I gave him. Then I never uh, gave the actual problems. But I know yeah. a lot of young, especially young girls, they will they will be really late, uh, so they don't show up. Or, I mean, of course, you know, when a girl acts like that, then he usually, he, uh, how do you say? Like break the contract them. with them, drop them. Yeah, he'll, he'll drop you. Um, but we know that also sometimes, you know, um, directors are like that too, you know, or yeah. things just get complicated on set because maybe you lose a photographer, so you lose a part of the crew. So he has to might maybe replace someone. So he, you know, it's just really hard to be an agent. I realized that. It's yeah. hard to oh go to God. his house and try, you know, like to just chill with him because he's always on his phone.
0: Yeah. I had him on the podcast once you guys can actually go back and watch my episode with him and Jaden Valentina. And he only agreed to do the podcast if he could answer his phone during the interview. (laughs) And I was like, you know what, Mark, it's the only way I'm going to get you. So fine. And he fucking totally did. (laughs) And actually the picture that I got, like, cause you know, I usually, well, when I was doing steps live in studio, i would get a picture of me and my guest that I would use for the YouTube thumbnail and it's him on his phone. And I was like, well, this is exactly who you are. So we may as well just use this footage. But um yeah, it was, yeah, he was just like, Well, I'll do the interview, but I'm I'm not gonna not answer my phone during the interview. And I was like, Well, oh, okay. Okay, so you you contacted Spiegler. I'm assuming he took you on. What kind of um like I know that he's pr- he really tries to vet girls before he'll accept them. He wants to make sure that you know, you are really into what you're doing. I think as he puts it, he wants to make sure that you're a real pervert and you're not just in it for the money. I mean, i started
1: with Rocco, so.
0: Yeah. So I think that that was probably a good That's test. I
1: never, I never started porn with the G I was web calving before
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: living alone already, which is Italy is not really common to be 20 years old and living alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my boyfriend at the time was making more, I mean, now he's my husband, uh, making more mind than me. So I was relying on him too. Uh, I never got into porn for the money. Also because I, I knew that was heavily pirated. how you say? hmm Yeah. And, you know, now you have a way to make money directly with porn, like, you know, I think right. uh, an amateur video and put it on, on OnlyFans or whatever. Mm-hmm. But before, you rather get successful
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you just gonna be not successful and live with the stigma that you did porn
0: yeah so it's like and I, do and it i was really aware don't. of that
1: when i started like i was totally i decided to i decided to risk everything like mm-hmm. fuck i want to do this like i don't care
0: yeah you're absolutely right it's porn's kind of one of those things you know you have these girls come and they like dip their toes in it they do a handful of scenes and then they get out and then they find that they have the stigma that they have to fight for the rest of their life. And they never even really made it, you know, in the porn field to make that stigma worth it. So you said that you knew that you really wanted to do it. Why did you really want to do it? What was it about porn that really drew you to it?
1: I, st- I was studying fashion design when I got into porn I did painting. I did ballet for eight years. I was always around art, and when I started uh, avant garde of the of the past centuries, I was feeling like porn was the really all, inter- uh, really the only interesting thing to do. There was mm. nothing, you know. It's kind of everything has been done in other categories. I want mm. to do porn. And also, uh, I mean, I haven't been this heavily slut-shamed because, I mean, I was fine. But I always felt the obsession of society on sex. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why are people like that? Why are they so obsessed? Why do they have the phobia of sex? Mm-hmm. Why they judge people mostly based on sex instead of looking on other things? Like, why... You know, we see someone and we immediately have to understand this person's heterosexual or, or gay or if it's a female or a male. Like, why are we like that? Then I learned, you know, there's some biolo- bi- biologic, biology reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just ha- always hated
0: irrationality. Mm-hmm. So Is there was, to do something really rational? You said there's some- You said there was biological reasons. What do you mean by that? Biological. Oh, that's the
1: word I was trying to. Biological. Yeah, probably our brain does the in-group, out-group thing. Sorry, Mm -hmm. sorry, I touched the microphone. Basically, uh, you know, before when we lived in a different type of society and we were living in forests and in small groups, probably it was safe for us to categorize people really fast. Animals do oh, that too. Yes, so yes. So it's yes. probably a survival sk- uh, skill, and uh, also for reproduction, it's probably really important too. And
0: yeah. So I like, think
1: we still think about sex like we are in the jungle and we're gonna, you know, mate and make kids. But that that's not always the case. When sex is just sex is just fun, and we should totally separate from that reproduction mentality, right? And especially girls like I. I was not hell is I was like shaming, but I had friends telling me, oh, you should not date three guys in, in, in the same week. They will call you a slut. and so Nobody will want to date you again, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, if a guy is that stupid and insecure to judge me just because I do things a, a guy will do, because we live in a society where we have to work, we have to study, we, we do all the things men do. So... Let me have bisexual freedom, too. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, then it's, it's not worth it. Like, I'd rather stay home and have someone working for me and making money for him. Like, it's not worth it anymore. Give me all the freedom of and the responsibility, too. Or no, no responsibility or no freedom. Like, let's go back to how it was before.
0: Yeah. It's interesting what you brought up about how sex is like attached to reproduction and that's, you know, how our lizard kind of brain mentality sees it. And I think that's true. I think that a lot of, you know, what brings about the slut shaming around women and suppressing of female sexual freedom comes from this archaic idea that, you know, you're just going to get, you got to control female sexuality because unfortunately I think it's
1: more like reading biology. I think it's more the other way around is more mm. feet because the sexual selection is done on men. So our female selecting guys. Mm-hmm. So I think guys, they have this mentality that if they don't do that, they will have hard time finding, like if you like slots, they're going to have hard time finding a good partner because yeah. let just want to be slots. And, You're probably too insecure, too jealous, you know, to get with the slut. So if you want to get a good girl, you have to agree with the good girls that slut-shaming sluts. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole, both biological and uh, culture mechanism. It's like the nature enforce the culture, the bad culture.
0: Right, right. And if you look
1: into religions, it's the same, which, I mean... I feel like Catholics were right in the past they were trying to uh do some type of uh parental uh parenthood parental control, how you say
0: oh, like controlling the amount of children that people are having
1: yeah with Is that you what know, you mean? like if there were no no tests, no birth control pills, no uh condoms, the only way to don't have random kids that had uh they had the no one to take care of them. Mm-hmm. We'll have to make sure couples stay together and yeah. meet kids all inside the couple. So, you know, that that was right. Uh, if mm-hmm. I was living in a different area, I would probably be a nun or, or, or a virgin or just a lesbian, like a, secretly a lesbian. I will definitely could not be a slut. I could yeah. not have sex with a thousand of people in my lifetime because I will not have the technology to do that.
0: Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. So the fact that, you know, women, there was no birth control that existed. So it could be like kind of a more dangerous thing for the community and an economic problem because you couldn't control whether or not a woman got pregnant. So if she's sleeping around and having sex with a lot of different men and, you know, then you don't know who the father is. And so you can't assign responsibility to a particular person. And then a child is born in a situation where they can't really be supported. um, That's an issue. It's interesting because I mean, really like kind of what we're getting into is about monogamy right now. And I had uh, Christopher Ryan on my podcast at the very beginning of my show who wrote Sex at Dawn. Have you read that? Sex? Sex at Dawn? No. I think you'd really enjoy it. So it's a a fascinating um, theory about how monogamy actually came up alongside agriculture. So the idea is that when we were nomadic groups, hunter-gatherers, Um, the idea of monogamy didn't really exist because people lived in like small communities and, you know, everybody could have sex with everybody because whatever child was born would be taken care of by that community. There was no sense of ownership. There was no ownership of land. So there was no such thing as like, you know, owning land, cultivating it, creating a surplus that would belong to you and become currency.
1: Yeah, it's still real in some African, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah places. People yeah, still so live it, like that. In some yeah, places. so an, there's no exactly really-
0: right, and it was so it was an eg- egalitarian society where everybody shared everything. Right, everybody was equal. There was no like rich poor that kind of thing. And then when agriculture came along, I mean, I'm not it, sure about that. This is the like basic idea. I'm yeah, sure, you know, obviously, like it's it's it varies. Um, But uh, when agriculture came along and people started owning land and cultivating land and therefore creating like surpluses, then this idea of um, ownership of currency um, came along. And alongside that came the idea of passing your surplus or your goods or your riches on to your children. Right. Well, then you wanted to make sure that your children were your children. They weren't somebody else's children. So that's where the idea of having one woman who only bore your children came along You're and not that's
1: paying for somebody else's kids. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. And that's where the idea of monogamy came along. So it's a really interesting book. Um, I I'd highly recommend it. And if you guys want to go back and, and watch that interview with, uh, Christopher Ryan, it's uh, one of my favorites because it's just, uh, we covered so many amazing topics, um, not just that, but tons of other stuff. And, like, I love the intersection of science and sexuality. And uh, it's very you know.
1: important because I wish uh, I knew all these things when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have suffered so much for nothing. Yeah. You know, when they say guys, they only want to have sex, even if they say they love you, but they just want to fuck. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I really believed that. I thought they were mean. You know, they there was a tactic. There was there was a way to to have me in the bed and then leave me. But then I realized they actually think they are... When they say they love you, they probably actually think they are in love. Even if, you know, after they ha- you have sex with them, they don't think of it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like in that moment, they believe it. It's just because people confuse lust and love really easy and guys basically they they are in love when they're horny when they're attracted by a woman and girls they uh they get in love when when they come and that was that type i will like fell in love with any guys who was able to make me come
0: yeah there's a specific hormone that your body releases as a woman when you come that that attaches you to whoever your partner is supposedly at the time. Um, but I'm glad you brought that topic up because actually that leads me to another question I wanted to ask you about, which is your relationship with your husband and working in this industry. But first, we're gonna go to a commercial break. Okay. And so hang tight, guys, we'll be right back. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Trivia Star. If I were to ask you to name a member of the Beatles or New Kids on the Block, could you answer in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, then you need to play Trivia Star. Trivia Star is a free mobile quiz game that's entertaining and challenging. You can choose categories like music, sports, movies, TV, animals, and celebrities. There are over 60 categories to choose from, so there's always more trivia to explore. If you choose the correct answer from multiple choices and beat the clock, you move on to the next level. Trivia Star has 2,000 five-star reviews in the Apple Store. So join them today and see if you're smart enough to win. Right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Just go to the Apple or Google store and search for Trivia Star. Again, search Trivia Star and enjoy 2,500 coins and 500 gems. Download Trivia Star for free today. This episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but There is one thing you can control, and that is shaving your bush. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellows down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also have their Shears 2.0, which is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools that allow you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code HOLLY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just make sure you use my code HOLLY. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. So, speaking of monogamy, um, you are married and you've been with this man for a long time. So, most people cannot wrap their head around the idea of somebody who could be married and then also work in the adult industry. So, how does your relationship work within those parameters?
1: So when I met my boyfriend, I was—I mean, my actual husband—we have been married for two days. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm still getting—you've uh, been married
0: uh, for yeah. two days. Wait, you got married two days ago?
1: Yeah. Oh my I'm god! Congr- oh, Thank congratulations! Thank you.
0: So cool.
1: Yeah, we've been together eleven years, mm-hmm. and uh, we moved into—we moved into the, this new house. And During quarantine, we just realized, oh, we should get married because we're gonna have more rights, uh, it's mm-hmm. just gonna be better.
0: So, you know, yeah, we're the government, in def- our
1: families. So, we just decided to get married. So <laughs> something happened to each other, I mean, to one of us, yeah. Just, uh, for taxes, yeah, yeah, for taxes, for a lot of things, it's just better. Yeah. So, we decided to get married. But, I mean, we just explained that if you think about it, sex. And love are two different things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I never, at the time, I didn't know, but I was still separating lust and love, even though sometimes, you know, I will fall in love when I was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then you do, I did porn and now I can fall in love anytime I shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's still just lust. For me, love is something else, it's something that you build with a person and is based on, on values and things you share together, of course, has an irrational part that has to do with just liking each other and just have two different characters that... No, I I don't think is the right word. Uh, Personalities Mm -hmm. that work well together, and you can't decide that. But what you can work on is being honest with with yourself and honest with other people. So when you're dating, uh, you know we're looking for... And if the other person is honest too, things go so much smooth. And
0: mm-hmm. that's just
1: what happened to me and my boyfriend. I mean, he told me, I love you the second day we met. And that was just, this is another guy just want to have sex. I'm like, and I told him, listen, you don't have to tell me I love you. I'll have sex with you anyway. Like, <laughs> and they would say, oh no, I can see uh, each other married and, you know, have this like old couple type of conversation And now we're here 11 years after. Wow. And yeah, I never understood jealousy and I always hated, I could never stand a jealous person. So actually I never had a true boyfriend before him Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't, I was, even when I met him, I wasn't looking for a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I want to have someone like a friend with benefits but mm-hmm. they go also, you know, okay, we have sex, but we can also have fun. Because mm-hmm. in Italy, people tend to separate good girls from bad girls, so you don't you don't bring the bad girls around. You don't show your the bad girls to your friends. It's like, oh, you have sex, and then that's it. You can't you can be friends with it mm-hmm. with them. Uh, now you know, that I'm older, things are different, or maybe it's, it's because I do porn, so I just attract different type of people. But when I was a teenager, uh, I was feeling lonely, but still not at the point that I will, like, give up my values and start mm-hmm. to, you know, like, give up my sexual freedom because people were behaving that way around me. So I was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm just going to do what guys do it. Like when I will meet a guy smart enough to accept that, then maybe I'll have a relationship. Otherwise I'm good alone.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the most, I think one of the keys to entering into a successful relationship, at least this was the case for me is that you have to be okay with you by yourself first. Um, and, and be comfortable and not needing another person to like make you whole. Yeah. I think the uh, changing the, your mentality from like oh I need a partner to make myself whole to a partner would help complement my life. I think that's really healthy. And and I had reached that point when I met my husband and you know to this day like and I love him so much like more than I've ever Loved anybody else? Thank God, because we're having a baby together. <laughs> yes, but um, you know, I—he's everything to me. But if he left me tomorrow, I would be devastated. I would be so devastated. But my life would not be over. I would get over it. I would move on with my life, and I would be okay. And I would—I feel that way now about with anybody. And I never felt that way before. And I think that that kind of attitude is what allowed me to find somebody like him and enter into like a really healthy relationship that's yeah. not codependent
1: same with me the only thing that will like i always say i can live without him but mm-hmm. i could not live in a world where he doesn't exist mm. he is the most you- open-minded person i've ever met and i've been in bed with a thousand of people That's a, I think that's a good uh, recommendation. Date and fuck a thousand people before you get married,
0: yeah. Uh, Because you have to understand what you really want, you know. God, that is so true. Because my ex husband, who I met before, I remember when I met him. He was like, yeah, I've only been with seven women. And I remember like probably most women would be like, oh, good. Like, you know, I'm glad that he didn't sleep around so he feels more exclusive. But for me, I was like, oh, no, that's terrible. Yeah, it is. That's terrible. Whereas like my current husband is like, Mm -hmm. he won't even tell me what his number is. He probably doesn't even know. But I'm like, I'm so glad that you fuck tons of women. (laughs) Like, because you're right. You, your experience, you know what you want. And also too, like, you kind of get it out of your system.
1: Yeah. And I mean, besides, I was think I was trying to say something else. Oh, yeah. He is the most open minded person. I've met so many people, but he's still the most open minded person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I've known him for 11 years, and the stuff he says still surprised me sometimes. You oh, know, of course, awful. I know him really well. So most of the time, he'll say something, and I'm expecting him to say something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's still, like, at least once a day, he will say something that I'm not expecting to come out of his mouth.
0: Wow! Yeah. Can you give so, me an example?
1: No, because it's so smart. That I though I will have <laughs> to think about it. Okay. I, re- I have to like think about it. Maybe I'll. I don't know. I should have a record and then send to you later. I don't know if that makes sense. It's just like he has a different opinion. You know, like an issue will come up, you know, like politics, mm-hmm. whatever, and they will show me a totally different point of view than no one is right. talking about it. You know, another perspective. So it opens to, you know, more questions and more answers.
0: Yeah, I I I agree with you. And I get that from my husband as well. And I think I assume that your husband doesn't work in the adult industry and mine doesn't either. He
1: would like to, but he's not that good as performing. Uh now. That you know, we've been quarantined. Uh, mm-hmm. I've shot only a few scenes in July in Paris. Mm-hmm. Now Paris is in lockdown, so oh, okay. that's interesting. thing. No one can get in or out of the city. Um, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't shot with anyone because I mean I'm not scared of coronavirus. I just don't feel like doing it and just helping the spread of the virus, I will feel kind of guilty. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I really miss shooting with other people. Uh, right. I, I love my husband, but sometimes, you know, I just want to do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will, you know, it will also inspire me more to shoot. Uh, so we have been, you know, he has been having ideas about shooting stuff. Uh, so it's kind of, he wants to maybe shoot with other girls. We, we will see. I mean, It's up to the other girls, not up to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I was saying also, we are an open couple regardless of porn. Uh, He can have sex with whoever he wants, and same thing
0: for me. And then, so how does that work for you guys? Like, do you guys openly communicate about if you're going to go have sex with somebody else? Or is it just a situation of like, you do that and it doesn't matter if you mention it or not?
1: both, uh, for instance, you know, if I'm traveling for work and then, I don't know, I'll have sex uh, with a performer privately, uh, sometimes I forget to say it. Uh, but, you know, if he calls me because, you know, we hear each other and I'm with somebody else, I'll just tell like, hey, I'll call you later. Um, mm-hmm. I'm having sex with this person or uh, I'll mention it. It's really, it's like, oh, honey, I went, you know, I went to the store and I bought about something, it's kind of the same <laughs> thing. is It's not a big deal, right? You know, right. As long we we're both safe, you mm-hmm. know, we, we both take precautions of what we're doing. That's mm-hmm. that that's the only thing. I, I can, yeah. I'm a true cuckold. I I get turned on by seeing him having sex with other girls, but I have to like the girl. Like she has to be hot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he fucks the chicks out do I'm like, just fuck it if I care by yourself, I am not attracted. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm going to this one. <laughs> yeah. Like last time that we had the treason, I mean, we didn't have a treason because I think the first time we did kind of, but I was not really attracted. Okay. I'll, he, he loves to like have sex with the girls and then come into me. He's obsessed with cream pie. He, he never came okay. in my face.
0: Really? <laughs> so,
1: yeah. It's, it's just like that. He, that. he hates to like interrupt. The, or the the pie. i get it yeah yeah i understand yeah, I mean, it makes sense uh, i have to do manually so yeah he always likes to come inside me so i i tell him i feel used like you have sex with other girl but then because you want to come inside you call me <laughs>
0: <laughs> you only call me for the cream pies
1: <laughs> and i'm like i'll, I'll do it The tre- you know i love treasons, but i have to like the girl like with dicks yeah i can still use the dick but with the girl i have to be into the girl
0: so how how do you i mean obviously you're into women and into men how what is it about women that you that you really like like you say you have to be into the girl What, what kind of girls are you into
1: i like curvy girls i mean i can be into skinny girls if they're really dirty like, mm. I love Emily Willis, for instance. Yeah, she's, she's great. She's so nasty. I, and she's also younger than me. Usually, you know, they have to be at least the same age or older. Uh, but she's so great that, you know, I I don't care. But what, what I didn't like is girls that in bed don't say anything. They don't have requests. And Italian, Italian girls are a lot like that. Mm. And I feel like... And I had... Actually, I had... One time I had sex with a model... He was probably one of the most beautiful guy I've ever seen in my life. And he was the gross fuck of my life. (laughs) At the point that I cried after. And I think he thought he was in love. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You're just the biggest sex disappointment of my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did he just like not, did he not try? Was he, because I've, I've had sex with a couple of like, there was this one guy that I was dating once who was like so gorgeous and had this like incredible penis and yeah he was the most boring lay ever and I feel like it was just because he feels like he doesn't have to try because he's so like good looking you know that he can just skate I by on he his had look. Like the look.
1: Penis. Mine had a really ugly penis. Like he that was, was really ugly. It was really ugly. Like he was so good looking, but then his penis was horrible. It was like okay, I mean you can be perfect. And then he was complaining because I was asking him, I was telling him what to do. I was like, "Hey, I don't like the hand in that way. Can you lick it this way? Like, hey, you're rough with that beer." I was, I was saying, telling him in a nice way, you know, it's not. Yeah. A, and he was complaining about that. He was complaining that I, I had the requests. And then I re- you know, when I look girls, that have sex with my boyfriend. I like, I realized that's just Italian culture. It's because. If you have requests in bed, you're a bad girl. So we are just not used to to talk while... And I'm I'm not a big talker as a performer too. It's, um, very talking, is it's really hard for me. And it's probably because, you know, in the past, I always had sex without mm-hmm. saying yeah, anything. Yeah. Right. I'll give you direction, but I have a hard time saying sexy things uh, while I have sex.
0: Do you think that you're able to give people direction and you have those communication skills because you work in porn because we so heavily rely on communication in our industry or were you always like that?
1: No, I was always like that
0: because okay. you
1: know, I'm having sex for me and I'm not having sex for you. <laughs> so if I don't care, yeah. what's the point? I'll leave.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's probably helped you in the industry because there are a lot of girls who have a hard time communicating what they like and what they don't like. And then they end up getting stuck in a situation where they do a scene that they did things they didn't want to do, but they didn't know how to speak up about it.
1: Yeah. But that's their personal problem. That's no porn problem. And I say, I think those type of people should, they're not mature enough to be in porn. Their sexuality mm-hmm. is not mature enough to be in porn. Unfortunately, we don't have a way to select girls before. And also, why is always the girl a girl's problem? Guys have this problem too. It's just because they don't speak up. How many times they get their dick bitten, mm-hmm. their dicks bitten? I'm sure it happens a lot of times. It's just because we live in this society where, you know, for girls it's easy to play the victim, and the guys they cannot complain, they cannot say anything. Otherwise, they're not tough. Right. The one is to yeah. oh, go, bitch, you bit my dick on what's that? I'm going to cancel you.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting. I had this, co- I had Kieran Lee on a couple of episodes ago and we talked about that because we are very hyper focused on the female experience. And if women feel like they've been taken advantage of or if women have a bad experience, but we forget that, you know, men also have boundaries and they have, you know, likes and dislikes and that they have issues and that that should also be discussed, which is why communication just on set, like, you know, as a producer is something that's so important to me and something I'm really trying to get better at and just making sure that everybody's really on the same page about yeah, it.
1: But at the same time, I think it's making porn lame. When I started, I have a video that I, uh, a scene that I shot with talk Part where uh, I'm trying to lick perform performer asses uh, one is Rigo Strong I don't remember the name of the other performer and you know if it was on today's set I think you know it would be different but at the time because we were, were talking about boundaries so much I felt okay doing it and it became funny because those big tall muscled men were running around scared of me because I was trying <laughs> to lick their assholes <laughs> and it's all in the scene and it's hilarious like they could like pick me up and move and <laughs> they, they run away and now i i feel i can't i cannot do that on set i, I want yeah. people to push my boundaries and i want not push other people's boundaries i think that's healthy for our sexual life mm-hmm. but now we cannot do it because we have this mentality that oh i'm not into that it's like with food you know with people like oh no i don't i don't like Pineapple on my pizza? I will never try that. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's like, like let me put it on your face, please. <laughs> then you can you can you know slap me. That's fine. I'll take that. Not, at least let me let me try it. No,
0: will- yeah. Though I feel like there's a distinct difference between pineapple and I don't know maybe double anal.
1: <laughs> I mean, double anal know, is you know when things have to do with pain. Yeah. I totally understand. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've, uh, one time, in know, was, it was like a mini gang band with three guys in Europe. One guy, he was trying to make me squish from the ass. And i like, dude, you're just hurting, uh, my skin. That's, that's, that's painful. I was telling him, I don't know if he was not understanding because my English was shit and it was French. Mm-hmm. At one point, I just started to spit in his face.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Like,
1: dude, if you do it again, I'm just going to, Uh, kick your balls Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: i mean it's you know it's fine it's i only one time i had the guy slapping my clit really hard and then i when i i was he was like sitting on my face and then when i stand up i slap him in his face and his stick didn't get hard for a while Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the only you know like kind of bad situation i had i felt like i shouldn't have Slapped in the face. He was accused then by a bunch of girls, um, mm-hmm. so I kind of felt okay doing it. I didn't regret it so much because yeah, I mean, you should yeah. not get violent and set. You know, even if someone did something bad to you, you should start the fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind
1: of <laughs> uh, but at the same, I rather have that that this, you know, lame situation we have right now. Like it's okay to talk about content and stuff, but also let's get in the mentality of being more open about new things.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that that's where we can look to people like uh, companies like Kink, who I know are very, have very explicit um, boundary stipulations and also the ability for people to really, Explore their sexuality and try things that they're afraid of. So, I've talked to quite a few people who, you know, have have worked on those sets. And I know you've worked for kink a lot, and they no, have no, these no, like I
1: have worked for kink a lot. I only shop for a few things for kinks because oh, I- really? Yeah, I only do- oh. done everything butts and fucking machines. That's it. Okay. Because- okay. And they do a lot of bondage, and I'm just not into it.
0: It's not your thing, right? 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 So, so what? What I really liked is their What I've heard about these really um, complex—complex is not really the right uh, word—really detailed consent forms, where you have, you know, uh, something. Let's say anal, right? Let's give an example. Yeah, it's basically part of the
1: contract.
0: Yeah, like how do you feel about anal? Yes or no, and then also like not even just a yes or no, but like a scale of one to ten. Exactly, like uh, you know the 10 absolutely love anal. It's my favorite thing in the world. One being don't go near my butt. I can't stand it. And then an ability to write into comments. So maybe if you put in like a five, you can be like, well, you know, I've, I've tried it once, but I didn't have a good experience. I'd be open to trying it again under these circumstances. So it allows this conversation to open up about, okay. Um, I'm not into this or I don't think I'm into this, but I'm willing to give it a shot or like, I don't want to go there at all. And then, so when you have that information, I think that's really helpful to create a space where people can work within those boundaries and then, and then explore their sexuality, like you said. Um, But also, you know, everyone can respect wherever their hard nos are. And I think that that's something that the mainstream adult industry has been kind of lacking severely, I think, because, you know, BDSM is so intense and there's so many like different things that you can do with it, that when we're shooting quote unquote, like vanilla scenes, you know, one feels like we don't need to have this explicit consent form. But I think in some cases with some girls and some guys, that would have really helped the scene come out better and it would have... That level of communication would have prevented some of the problems that we've seen.
1: I will do it on video and also with actually trying. For instance, if you're spanking, like try the mm-hmm. one to ten and say, okay, this is okay. Um but sometimes so much explanation kills the energy and the feeling. Yeah. So and it's boring to fill up a contract that long about your boundaries. Like, let's be honest. Like maybe if you get horny, you'll set after you're not horny anymore. <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: but you don't think like because I was talking to what was it Allison Bowden, who's the CEO of Kink, or, or someone else? I think it was her, and she said that that generally people fill out these contracts and they actually put it like in a database, and so if so, you just do it once, and then obviously they oh, check in with you okay. to see if things have changed, but when you come in again they like have this database of like what you're okay with and so they already know what kind of scenes to book you in, who to book you with. Because I think once you get that out of the way, don't you think that like people are more comfortable to enjoy Yeah, scene? maybe
1: every every performer should have should have one pre-made for every set. Right. And then you yeah. know, decide based on the type of shoot do say like, okay, well, today we're doing that type of scene. But here are my boundaries. If we do any extra, you're just going to pay me extra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I I, I know what you mean. I do think that there are definitely people in porn that this is probably not the right industry for them. Um, but you know, there's
1: there's a lot of them right now.
0: Yeah. So especially for me as a producer and also dealing, you know, sometimes with people who just don't understand how to state their boundaries and they don't know how to, um, you know, be assertive about what they like and what they don't like. I mean, obviously you're a strong woman, so you've never had a problem with that. But when we have to deal with sometimes like these young girls that just don't know any better, like we have to really try to navigate that space and make sure that we're providing a safe environment for them and we're not pushing them beyond their boundaries. But, you know, I mean, if I shoot a girl and I, I really feel like she didn't really want to be there, she didn't really want to do this. Like, I'm not going to book her again. cause I'll yeah. just be like, this is not the right place for you, you know? So, um, and I think that that's what makes people like you so successful because this is the right place for you. You know, like clearly you love your job. Clearly you love um, sex. You love porn. And I think the fans see that too. You know, the fans can tell when you're really into it. And that I think is a huge part in what makes you a successful porn star.
1: Yeah, even though I didn't know any of that when I started. Like I had an idea, but I I didn't know. So it's, you know, when you start a career, it's always... Uh, Also, because right now, there are some, thanks to social media, there are some girls, I feel like they're not really into porn, but they became really famous through social media. So, you know, I mean, they're not shoot much mainstream anymore because they're mostly doing all the fans
0: and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, and there's, you know, porn is so many different things. There's different kinds of porn that you can do that fits in whatever is comfortable for you. And, um, if doing mainstream porn is not for you, then yeah. you've got only fans and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's a helps. lot of options. There's a lot of options for people, I think for sure. So, well, thank you so much, Valentina. This is uh this has been really fun. When you've got an interesting guest, you just, Time flies by. Oh, thank you. I mean, <laughs> I always loved you. Uh, oh, thank um. you. Oh, shucks. Oh. Well, I, I adore you too. And honestly, to this day, that stuff that I shot of you for Twisties, like in the flat with the flowers in the bathtub and then that old car, yeah, remember? Really nice. oh, those are some of my favorite photos of all time. So you're an incredible model. You're so much fun to work
1: with. Yeah, you have between the best picture uh there's only the guy who shot me for penthouse they shot really good pictures
0: too is that the one where who you've died. got the cover and you're yeah. like the mechanic yeah that's yeah. a great photo of you yeah That, that that's was, a really that was, good one that's one of my clive McLean. was it clive McLean? No. no no he did his Hustler. name. but i heard he died oh stephen was it stephen hicks
1: I think he was. If he died, yes, must be that guy. Yeah.
0: Well, Clive McLean and Stephen Hicks have both died, unfortunately. Oh, wow. But, okay. But I think Clive only worked for Hustler, um, and I know uh, Steve worked for Penthouse. So, yeah, it was probably he was like a blonde surfer guy. Yeah. 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 That was um, that was that was really sad when he passed away. He was really talented, and it was a really sudden death. Too that was like completely unexpected. So eh, rest in peace, Stephen Hicks. Um, anyways, uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? So right now I have three accounts on on, on Instagram
1: because <laughs> they don't want to verify me and they're always taking down my stuff. But my main one is Insta Valentina Nappi. And if I get deleted, it's Valentina Nappi. Hopefully they won't both get deleted. And I'm verified on Twitter. And I'm is Valenapi, uh, the tag. Uh, but if you Google Valentianapi, uh, no, sorry, if you go if you search Valentianapi on Twitter, you will find me. But you have to uh, you have in your settings you have to say that you agree to view sensitive material, because of course I do porn, so uh, it's only for eighteen plus. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they can't find me at all, and that happen. That's that happens for a lot of uh, a lot of girls in the industry and guys. Yeah, like if you respect I, the rules, they you're kind of shadow banned mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the same for me. I'm shadow banned as well. Even though I'm very careful about what I put on my timeline, I don't put anything explicit, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I have found actually the best way to get around that because I'm always tagging people, you know, when like podcast episodes come out or whatever. If you go to Google and you Google, not in Twitter, but you Google Valentina Nappy Twitter, usually that will give you the correct account. Yeah. Same with like Valentina Nappy Instagram, but you have to go outside of the app and actually use Google to find you. Um, guys, because if you, me. yeah, because if you search within the app, they'll usually give you all the fake accounts. Mm-hmm. It's really irritating. So um, and then do you have a website?
1: Yeah, I mostly use OnlyFans now too. So okay. it's OnlyFans so, Valentina, or Valentina Nappi, you You'll find me. This is the same one.
0: Okay, same. Thing. Yeah.
1: And then I'm I'll all you know, I'm friends. all the sites, uh, Model Hub, Pornhub, ManyVids. You can find me everywhere. <laughs>
0: everywhere. Just search for me. (laughs) And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you next week. Just want to remind you guys again since I am on maternity leave, I am releasing episodes every other week. So, in two weeks, specifically on Wednesday, November 4th, I have Chrissy Mayer on the podcast. Chrissy is a comic who focuses a lot on sex and she's had a ton of people in the adult industry on her podcast, including myself. So I thought it would be fun to interview her as well. So make sure that you come back for Chrissy Mayer on Holly Randall Unfiltered.